Welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. Midwest Monsters. I say that fast sometimes. I should slow that down. The Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vinny. Hot Toddy. And a special guest this evening who's set in on a few episodes with us. Brent, they're coming to get you Terhune. All right, Brent. I uh, don't know which one's going to air first, so please tell these folks who you are and where they can find you. Uh, my name's Brent. They're coming to get you Terhune. <laughs> uh, I'm a stand-up comedian mostly, but I do a horror movie podcast called They're Coming to Get You. Uh, uh, they're Coming to Get You? Yeah, They're Coming to Get okay, You. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. T-H-E-Y apostrophe? Yes, okay. the standard spelling from that one movie. <laughs> And uh, we've you know which uh, movie that's from. Mm-mm. We've covered all the hits, uh, pretty much uh, the big franchises, and then some of the ones that m- people don't talk about, uh, especially uh, My Bloody Valentine. And we did one on Scary Movie One and Two, which is not horror; uh, it's comedy, but it's important to talk about parody stuff. So it's called it "They're Coming to Get You." All nice. right. Well, thanks for joining us, Brent. Glad to have you. I like to do. Uh, I'm a I'm a sit down comic instead of standing up. <laughs> I'm bare. I'm barely a comic. So <laughs> more classic like bit. Classic bit. And also, I was on the Scream episode, the recap of this podcast. That's true. Yes. You were on the Scream revisit. Good. Did time. we talk about five Cream or was there just four movies at the time? I think we were up to five. I can't remember if the one. No, was... we weren't up to five. Were no, we? we weren't. It was just oh, the four. God, we're gonna have to revisit it again. The plus, there's a new movie in March. Yeah, I guess we better wait. And probably a new year after that. Until they fully milk it for all it's worth. Until Wes Craven rolls over in his grave. So, all right, uh, tonight we are tackling a subject that will uh, garner a little bit of conversation. Uh, So, many of you remember that our friend John Carpenter, friend of the show, uh, (laughs) (laughs) made a film back in 1978. Called Halloween, yeah, mm-hmm. heard of it? Yeah. That is correct. Um, one of the greatest horror films ever made. The problem being is you that choose your own adventure. As a franchise, it just can't get out of its own way. No, it can't. Uh, you know, we look at Nightmare, we look at Friday the Thirteenth, and though they have their problems, they do tell a somewhat linear story. Halloween, Texas Chainsaw have both been plagued with the problem of just trying to reinvent their franchise too many times. Any disagreement with that? No. None whatsoever. Okay. So that said, we are now going into the territory. You've heard us talk about Halloween. You've heard us revisit Halloween. You've heard us talk about Halloween 2018 on a MASH episode. But now that the new trilogy has completed... We're talking about Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. Do they have a formal title for this new trilogy? I'd like to rename it 
Halloween, H4O, The Shape Returns Trilogy. That rolls right off the tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Which is better than Halloween Trilogy. Todd's like, I would like to rename it the Halloween series of films that came out in the late teens. <laughs> it's called Halloween Trilogy kids, on my box For set. kids who don't read good. Because <laughs> the Halloween Trilogy would technically be, well, I guess that's John Carpenter's trilogy, would be one, two, three. Except there were four and five. John Carpenter only did the first three. Yes, timeline argument. And then four, five, six is the Thorn Trilogy. Well, technically, the original trilogy would be one, two, H2O. No. That's the H2O trilogy. <laughs> Boy. I can't wait to see you guys argue about when we actually get into the episode. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. So here we are, talking about these movies. Talking it up. <laughs> on the Baron Gibb talk show. So there, there's only one thing that we can't argue on, which is Halloween 1978 begins the same, ends the same, and whichever path you choose, it all picks up from Halloween 1978. No one's arguing that timeline. So, uh, yeah, Todd, hit us with some dates, some details. I mean, it's the same director for all three, right? Yes. Dave. So, so, and to be I feel like the 2018 movie would have been <laughs> called, which makes sense, Halloween Returns. But there, that was the next movie to have come out was Halloween Returns. So I think that got tied up probably... Like, they probably would have got sued if they would have came out with that title. Who so owns it? I think that was probably the Weinstein brothers at the time, because that, that's who was putting out Halloween Returns. Whatever happened to those guys? It didn't end well. <laughs> got in some trouble. <laughs> Tried to deny it. Uh, but, um, so, the Halloween 2018. So all three of these pictures are all written and directed by David Gordon Green. Uh, also written by Danny McBride and Jeff Fradley. Fradley? He's not that important. Uh, <laughs> and then <clears throat> Laurie Strode is played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Karen uh, for Halloween and Kills is Judy Greer. Allison is in all three. Andy Manichak. There we go. Uh, the shape in all three is James Jude Courtney, uh, but in this one, and I'm, is he in Kills at all? Is Nick, Nick Castle? Castle? I know he's definitely in this one in mm-hmm. parts. Uh, we have Doctor Sartain. We'll just leave it at that. Well, Sartain, it wasn't necessary to have him in it. Ran beer Sartain. <laughs> uh, Will Patton is Officer Hawkins, which he's in all three of the films. Uh, Cameron is in this one and uh, kills Dylan Ar- Arnold. That's our essential cast for this movie. Nice. Brent, would you like to open with your thoughts on this one? Since, on, uh, on 2018? Correct. Yes. Yeah, I, uh, this is Halloween is my favorite horror movie and my favorite franchise. Okay. So this was the first one I got to see in the theater. Uh, so it, this... And that's because you're only 22. I'm 20... <laughs> One now, actually. <laughs> I, Are you telling me that you did not see Roberto Zambarino's Halloween in the theater? I don't think so. I saw that after the fact, uh, which I don't... Uh, those get a lot of hate, and rightfully so, but I still like them because they're Halloween movies. But, you you know, if somebody said they're the worst, I wouldn't disagree, you know. 
Um, but I saw H4O in the theater, and uh, I... Don't. No? Don't, don't to you. Don't, okay. feed, don't feed into it. <laughs> Sorry. It is Halloween 40 years old, so you go ahead. <laughs> and I think when the, the first one came out, it was understood that it was a standalone. There was no kills and ends. So uh, I liked the movie overall, is my initial thoughts. Sure. Anybody else? Uh, I just want to revisit some of the statements made earlier uh, when we talked about this on The MASH. Um, I enjoyed this when it came out. Um, it, was, it, was, it was another Halloween movie. I wasn't like gaga for it. I didn't dislike it. Um, but as time went on, I began to agree with the professor who made the statement that um, any love that I had for Rob Zombie's Halloween began to fade as this movie had filled the hole in the later years for a Halloween franchise. So as I began to appreciate this movie more, I liked Rob Zombie's less. And again, I've still got a soft spot in my heart for it. There's some things I still like about that, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. But I started to say, you know what? This was a, a good filler for these later years, and it, it made me want to watch that less. I still really enjoy this tw- <clears throat> this 2018 version. There's so many bad sequels for Halloween, and I think that this one was a nice job. I like the angle they took with Laurie. Uh, all in all, I've seen it probably maybe three times now, and my opinion's not changed with, e- with each watch. I still really I like it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I love this one. Um, Toddy and I had a particularly great experience with it because we got to see it at an early screening in Pasadena. We uh, were out in L.A. for the 40th uh, anniversary convention for the original Halloween with people from the cast of uh, all kinds of the entries. And oh, was, look at me. I'm Pasadena professor. <laughs> it, was, uh, <laughs> it was just really exciting. And on top of that, this for, comes... For, for Grizz, who introduced the, the film when we saw it? Oh, that was um, Akkad. The son Mustafa uh, Malik, yeah, yeah. He came out and introed the the film in the little theater that we were in beforehand. So suck it, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but but this comes from a lifetime of watching. Before I saw it in the theater, I had Taco Bell breakfast sequels, <laughs> sequels, that, uh, and that were predominantly disappointing. Even though I loved them, like it's just you're talking about you know 30 years of just not being taken seriously with all these different entries. So. To get to go see this, where they really tried to make a legit film, was pretty exciting. And I, I love that they strip down and get rid of all of the baggage of the franchise mm-hmm. and just say, no, 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 what made the original scary was the randomness of this, and that's what we're sticking with. And we're going to find a way to make that come back together, but that's all the story ever was. Because I think Carpenter made a big mistake in the second one by looping all that stuff in with being related. So... I love that this one focuses on trauma and just real life consequence of, of the original that we like so much. I, it's just a, it's the movie the franchise always deserved, but took 40 years to get. Mm. So I just want to lay out for listeners really quickly who may not be familiar with the Halloween franchise. Don't, don't say my feelings. <laughs> What's that? I don't to discuss my feelings. Not yet. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, I guess it don't matter. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> How long have you guys been married? Too long. <laughs> Way too long. Uh, so, yeah, mine have not changed. Uh, I thought I thought this was scary. And not only that, but we got to go spend the day in Pasadena, so where they filmed the original 
so this movie could have been Turd City, and I probably would have still really enjoyed it. Right. Um, considering, um, I'm not even thinking of the math, but if I think backwards, 13, 12, 11, this is like the 11th film in the series. So, man, the fact that you're trying to be inventive on part 11, or whatever you want to call it, because I know remakes, whatever's been in between, I'm good with that. So, um, so... You know, cool. Uh, I'm glad you kind of brought in some new stuff. You figured out a way to get back JLC. Um, so I'm good with everything that you did with 2018. So good times. So For those of you listening at home, if you may not be familiar with the layout of these timelines, um, obviously one goes into two. Uh, one was meant to be standalone, and then every Halloween movie that would come out sub 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 Subsequently, yeah, exactly. Subsequently, subsequently, they would each be their own standalone Halloween story, right? So, part one was just going to be part one. Part two was going to have nothing to do with Michael Myers. Part one was such a big hit, they had to bring back Michael Myers, and in that, that is when they make the conclusion that Jamie Lee Curtis is Mike Myers' sister. Okay. And as John Carpenter says, he was a six-pack deep. And it was during the time of Luke and Leia, and why not? Yeah, exactly. So then we go into Halloween 3, which goes back to the original plan of not having anything to do. They would not be connected stories. Yeah. Halloween 3, great movie, but it bombs at the time because people are looking for Michael Myers, as are a new generation of people who go, what is Halloween 3 all about, right? Um, so then, which they is go, also pre-franchise though too, because I mean they weren't they weren't churning out all these all these sequels back then either. So to be fair, they to be could fair. have might have got away with it, right? So realize it's not making money. Jump back in with Halloween four, and Halloween four we introduce the Jamie Lloyd, yeah, mm-hmm. Jamie Lloyd, Jamie Lloyd character who is the daughter of the now deceased uh, Lori Strip, right? And then Lori had gotten killed in a car accident. Correct. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. And she'd been adopted by this family. So we get her for part four, part five, and then strangely... She connect, part is connected six. at the end of four, psychically, which starts the Thorn Trilogy. The Thorn Trilogy. Absolutely. Thank you, Hot Toddy. Uh, we get her back having a baby and six, and now this baby is the new takeoff. Baby. Mike Myers, you get the gist here, right? And then... God knows where we go from here. So that's the basic setup. Then we come back <laughs> with Halloween uh, H2O. H2O is next. Correct. So H2O then seeks to reconnect to just Halloween 2 as a continuation of that storyline. Then we get ha- Busta Rhymes Halloween. Oh, Trick or treat. Resurrection. <laughs> Halloween Resurrection, in which they bring back Jamie Lee Curtis. Now that one is supposed to be a sequel to H2O. H2O. And they officially kill her off in the beginning. She's officially done with Halloween. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get Rob Zombie stuff. And then now we come back to this. So there's the multiple. So this one is another reset. Nothing has happened other than the original Halloween movie. This is a direct sequel to the Hall- original Halloween. They movie. are not siblings, which is why what this Professor a- said. This one's actually a direct sequel to the Halloween franchise. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
immediately after the events of Boot Scoot and Howard. <laughs> so that's when, when Professor talked about those connections, that's what made me think we should lay this out really quickly for those who may not remember or aren't familiar and, with. So And there there is there is memes out there that which is accurate, but let choose your own adventure. So if you want to choose mm-hmm. your own adventure Halloween, you can you can follow the little roadmap. And Toddy will make up his own timelines, <laughs> and hey. and honestly, honestly, I'm being nice. I su- <laughs> I can support and get behind some of Toddy's timelines. Well, because to be fair, in H two O, they don't they don't acknowledge. It's not like they're just like eh, everything's erased. They just don't acknowledge. Half yeah, maybe she faked her death. Yeah, maybe she is Jamie Lloyd's. Mom. You know, to be fair, girls suck, and she was just like, hey, it's one way to get rid of that girl. <laughs> she kept the boy. You know. It works. And a sweet haircut. I can I, let it work in my brain. I think it's the best timeline is Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Phantasm 5, Ravager, <laughs> and then Halloween Resurrection. It Just watch it that way. It makes sense. We should have did these two episodes plus Texas Chainsaw. That would have been sweet. Okay, so that brings Or maybe us uh, what's the time-traveling show where he jumps bodies? Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. We should have just did all Dr. that. Dr. Samuel Beckett. All right, so... Halloween 2018. H40. <laughs> so, w- w- do we want to lay out beat for beat synopsis of this yeah, film? Let's just do a fast one, like we. I think I think that worked. We've really covered it before. All right. Anybody want to take the lead? I got it. All right. 1978 Halloween. This one picks up <laughs> right after, except for the only difference is that instead of him, Michael Myers escaping, they catch him. And he has been locked away in Smith Grown Sanitarium for the last 40 years. So we pick up with this movie. Uh, Laurie Strode has uh, become a recluse. Um, Basically, she is... um, Doomsday prepper. Exactly. And um, she thinks that Michael's going to come back for her, so she's prepared. And... Um, they are moving Michael Myers because, of course, you know, you can only move Michael Myers when? October 31st. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, they're going to move Michael Myers. And um, and so there's that. There's also two podcasters that, uh, you know, because they're going to fix everything with this podcast. So they get a hold of the original mask. Um, you know, white people in podcasts. It's <laughs> yeah. So they go to the uh, sanitarium and they are trying to get Michael to speak and they meet with his doctor, uh, Dr. Sartain. And um, and then they meet with Lori Strode, offer her some money. She talks to them long enough to then take their money, get them the hell out. We meet uh, soon after with Karen, which is uh, Lori's daughter. We find out that Karen was taken away from Lori um, because of her behavior, because she was a prepper. And they are estranged. She and John Connor have the same origin story. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and then uh, we find out that she also has a granddaughter, which would be Allison. Um, Allison is kind of like Lori in the original a little bit. Um, so she's, like uh, I believe she's a senior in high school, and she's got similar friends. Um, and so, um, all of this is taking place leading right up to, um, all the 40th anniversary of the attack of Michael Myers returning, um, Halloween night. Bingo. 
there it is. All right. Thoughts? High spots? Opening scene still has me all in. Oh, yeah. It's a great opening. Uh, all in. At the mental asylum? Yeah. It's, it's all in. And it's great, too, because with the opening, they're not leaning into easy throwback stuff. They're, mm-hmm. they're setting the, their own tone and table with a completely different angle on that. And even just, you know, unique choices like that rooftop with the checkers, yeah. the checkered pattern. Like, it's all just very vivid and memorable for that. But the the thing that got me most excited for this, just in general, was its brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd wanted that since I was a kid. It just, just uh, some of the things in the past that would have been kind of taboo for for Michael to do, like get it a kid. That upped the ante. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of his first kills. He kills a kid. Yeah. It's just like, oh, he's the shape. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a person. 40 years of not killing, and now he'll just do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And well, and kind of like this, so the rewatch for this, so I, I started with Halloween and went into this one, and I don't think I've sat down and, and watched them as back-to-back. Um, I kind of had a little bit of a different take on this one than, because um, to me there's the, the huge argument of if they're not related, why would he come after her, which is, I just think, garbage, because in real life, if someone is, it doesn't matter if it's 60 years later, if they victimized you and they're getting out of jail or prison, usually the victim is the first person that gets the phone call because there's a reason because a lot of times they could be the first person that might, they might show up on your doorstep or, um, for whatever reason. So, um, so there's all of that, but and and just rewatching it, I kind of almost feel like Michael Myers just doesn't give a shit to be honest. Until they, I I feel like there's something with the mask because I tried rewatching it this time through the the John Carpenter lens because I feel like that's where they're going with this the new trilogy, and so to me when they bring the mask back, I feel like there's something with the shape and the mask. Because even the other um, people in the asylum start going ape shit when they pull the mask out of the bag. And he's got his back turned, and he can sense the mask is there. And then it's not really that he goes after anybody. He goes after the mask to begin with. Um, So I kind of feel like these dumbass podcasters might not have came to the prison with a... with a mask that he killed with 40 years ago, maybe might not have went on a killing spree. Well, uh, I'm going to stop you there. That's victim shaming. <laughs> and we're not going to allow that on this podcast. So, Well, the the doctor aims him at Laurie Strode. Yes, yeah. that's true, too. That That's that's the only reason Michael ends up near Laurie Strode is because the doctor purposely aims him at Laurie Strode. Very true. To see him in the wild, you know. Yeah. Well, well, and I even looked at Dark. So Dr. Sartain, after, because it's like, oh, they're going to do more with Dr. Sartain, and they really don't in the movies after this one. He's a little bit used in the books, but I think even Dr. Sartain, I feel like, I feel like people don't think, again, if you go through John Carpenter lens, I think even Dr. Sartain kind of got touched by the, the shape's presence. Oh, you mean by that awful scene where he puts the mask on? That's I think a low even, point of the movie. I yeah. think, so so I hate everything about Dr. Sartain's presence in this film. It could, <laughs> it's it's uncalled for. Um, but I feel like even before that, I feel like I feel like Dr. Sartain is 
been touched by evil. Like I feel like Doc. doc um, he is he is gazed into the abyss. For yeah, I feel like Doctor Loomis had that that opportunity, but Doctor Loomis early on was like he saw what this was, and so he kept it at bay. And speaking of Loomis, I thought having the audio of Doctor Loomis playing on the tapes was a nice touch mm-hmm. and an homage. Uh, the my biggest complaint, and I said this before, uh, the, I think that casting Judy Greer was a mistake. Uh, she takes me out of the film because she's everything else I've seen her in. And why they didn't cast Danielle Harris to play the daughter in this movie, fans would have gobbled that shit up. And it just would have made more sense. And it, she could she didn't have to be named uh, Jamie. Jamie Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. She, she could have been named Karen. But that's that nod. That's that wink to the audience. That's been through everything. They give you Jamie, or they give you Danielle back after she got effed over in what part six. Mm-hmm. Why they went with Judy Greer, I'll never understand. Are you just trying to fuel this man's conspiracy theories? <laughs> I, you know, I can't argue because uh, I, I could say that they're trying to stay away from the older movies, but they were trying to get Paul Rudd to play Tommy. Yeah. So well, and for all their that. callbacks in the first one, at least there's so many callbacks to the rest of the series, even though it's not connected. Yeah, yeah. I but, just think. Well, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say I still like those callbacks, but it's you could see why people would be like get confused with the timeline. You know, I like yeah. that they very briefly brush off the oh, aren't they brother and sister? That was a rumor somebody started, and and that's so that's, that's done. Yeah. That's out of the way. Yeah, that was well done. You get the masks from. Uh, Halloween three on trick or treaters like there all those little nods and for all of that painstaking stuff and didn't cast Danielle Harris I just don't understand why well and so many of the things that we're mentioning uh, go back to why it was so exciting to see this when it came out because I feel like they went to pretty pretty great efforts to minimize their screenplay they didn't get cute they didn't try and do these huge reaches they had one thing where they stretched a little bit with the doctor. But it served a narrative purpose, and then they quickly squashed that. Mm-hmm. And so, for the most part, Literally. yeah, they they've <laughs> got these different things that keep it simple and making sense. Even something like showing that uh, you know Lori is seeking him out, so that it's not far fetched for their paths to cross between the Doctor and her seeking out, hoping for that moment of obsessive revenge. You kind of get this very simplistic collision that you're going to have inevitably with the movie versus having a cult that's, you know, tied in and all that. Cause that's where it looked like it was heading with that doctor initially. It's like, Oh God, here we go again. But it wasn't, I mean, they, they literally got away from that pretty quick and it's just killing until we run into each other and, and his journey on Halloween night going up and through that neighborhood Man. and into the house and a girl through the window. That scene That's, where he sees his reflection, and then you, it goes around. It's through that window, and then he comes in and does the kill. That scene's fucking fantastic. I almost yeah. kind of thought he was going to kill the baby. I mean, at that point, because I was like, man, he's killing everything. Yeah, and after having getting the kid, yeah. then he walks over that crib. You're like, oh, yep. please don't. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I did see on like a Facebook comment, and I've remembered this ever since, but somebody's like, he didn't have. They didn't have the balls to have Michael killed the baby. I'm like, Jesus. but you have to have your villain, even though he's a villain. He has to maintain some likability. 
That's why Freddy Krueger is not a pedophile. Right. <laughs> like, he, he can't just have that. Uh, yeah, it's like, what, do you want the infant beat to death? Does that yeah. get you excited for the yeah, last people are going to run out and buy T-shirts with Mike Meyer on it after <laughs> yeah. this, after he stabs an infant. But that tracking shot is probably the highlight of the movie, uh, right? Cool. Uh, he might not have killed the kid if the kid wouldn't have got back in the vehicle. I mean, so there was a purpose behind killing the kid, I guess. Yeah, that tracking shot is one of the highlights of the franchise. Not just these yeah. new movies, yeah. but period. Like, that's that's what you think of with this property, mm-hmm. is yeah. Halloween night How and about him stalking. Where he puts his hand over that it drops toilet teeth. and drops a handful of teeth down there. And that is terrifying. Yeah. Which I kind of feel like that's such a callback to H2O, uh, where, she, oh, the where they're in yeah, the bathroom yeah, yeah, yeah. dressed up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even uh, when he goes into the through the back of the house and grabs the hammer, <laughs> it reminds me of part two. Where, How we do, mm-hmm. yeah. the, yep. the kitchen. One of my main complaints, and I aired this last time, and this is just coming from me, who I'm not a prepper, I want to go on record saying. Uh, <laughs> so you've got this woman who outfits her house in all this KG security technology. Booty traps. Yeah. <laughs> and... And spends days a week shooting. The technology she puts into these booty traps in her house. And yet she's running these old cowboy guns. She's like, I got lever actions. I got revolvers. I'm like, you need AR-15s and Glocks. Like, let's be honest. You've got the boogeyman coming after you and you, you're, you're going to try and fight John Wayne? Like, come on. She wants it to be personal. Sure. This time, it's personal. That's <laughs> what you can tell yourself. Um, but but it, I do like that line in the film where she says, you know, I, I pray for him to escape every day. And I'm like, Why? Why would you do that? So I can kill him. Um, but it is a unique psychosis. Um, and it's interesting to put it against other properties with survivors. You Think about Scream, Brent. Mm-hmm. You were on our Scream episode. That's right. And you think about, uh, you know, kind of Sydney and what her life was like mm-hmm. in times where she is living in fear, but also trying to live her life. And you've got Lori Strode, who has lived in fear for 40 years. It's been her whole life. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I'm not saying I like it or dislike it. I just, you know, I can't victim shame her. <laughs> Especially consider who Lori Strode was in the first movie. Yeah. Like this smart girl who clearly had a very bright future ahead of her. And then you see her now 40 years later and that one night has ruined her entire life. Yeah. Her relationship with her daughter, her granddaughter. It is that that there was a super cut of Jamie Lee Curtis saying trauma, trauma, trauma for every (laughs) media interview. But you give the same interview no matter who it's for. But it, it is about trauma and how it's affected her whole life and the life with her family because it's not existent mm-hmm. you know and she's an alcoholic and all that stuff and then we'll see later in the franchise how it it's a ripple effect of the town and and the rest of it right for sure uh be- best line in the in the movie is i got peanut butter on my penis <laughs> <laughs> uh. any thoughts we wind down on this one uh just another Favorite just moment is the uh, the backyard light. I was just thinking oh yeah, that's another oh, one of yeah. the highlights of the movie for me. That is just so bad. I was just thinking that, and and I will say it kind of sp- it didn't kind of spoil it did sp- the trailer spoiled the closet scene. Oh yeah, um, yeah. 
Except for that, I mean, you didn't know if she was going to die or not. Um, there's a lot of suspense, I think, to this movie. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought this was a return to Michael Myers being scary. Yeah. Or, oh, for sure. Well, and honestly, to me, I, I'm going to keep saying Michael Myers, but as this goes on, let's be real, it's the shape at the this shape. point. Yeah. I like the parallels toward the end of the movie with the closet and the balcony scenes. Mm-hmm. Between that and the first encounter with Michael and Lori from the first movie, I think those are cool little callbacks. That kid's jaw on the oh, point oh, of that yeah. fence. Woo! Lord of mercy. Like I just ugh. just just for this rewatch, I jumped off the couch just rewatching this when the the, the lawn scene because the lights go out and then it comes back on and he's just right there in his face. And I know it's coming. But it's just I don't know. There's some stuff that gets you in this one, and then it was it was brilliant to get Nick Castle back to do some of the stuff for the shape. I think a, a low point of the movie is the very end when they leave the burning house because I don't. I've, obviously, there are sequels, but I I feel like a lady that's lived forty years obsessing over this dude is not leaving him in a fire to escape. She's gonna watch him die. I yeah. think I yeah. think because she's brutally wounded and they're dragging her away is the only reason that. Yeah, but I I feel like she would have just died with him, you know. That's true. If she would have been there by herself, I don't think she would have went for help. Let him have his opinion. <laughs> can I can I finish? <laughs> don't be an apologist <laughs> for the, the filmmakers. <laughs> All right, Halloween twenty eighteen. Go watch it if you haven't. You might like it. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. It is. Fun. I think, and I think this is going to be the last time everybody agrees. <laughs> can we talk about Michael's look? The his overall appearance he because looks pretty good. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think the mask looks great. I do too. It's I think no it, Halloween Five mask, but it's <laughs> well, pretty. And, yeah, <laughs> it was a return to the original mask and aged. Yeah, yeah. It, I bought it. I and it's the most a mask had looked like Michael's mask. I think and maybe I think the whole since franchise. the entire series. Yeah, and he also my my problem with uh, one of my problems with Rob Zombie's movie. I understand why he did it. But what I like about Michael, I don't want Michael Myers to be fucking seven feet tall. He's still got to blend. And that's the thing about it is if you saw his shadow in the distance, it would just look like some average guy. Yeah. Not some hulking giant, you know. Well, Michael Myers was able to stare, stare at you from the shrub and and get away with it. You know, because, I mean, like. It did look like Kevin Nash. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's a, if there's a, a, the Jolly Green Giant staring at people, like people are gonna like call the police. Mm-hmm. Okay. On to the next. Todd, what is the name of the next film? Moving along, we have Halloween Kills, and we're gonna go by the year it was released. Um, so 2021. Um. So, we have our returning characters, same actors playing them, so we won't go over that. Um, And then, like I said earlier, same um, writers and directors, so we don't need to go over that. Um, Which is surprising to me, that it's the same writers and directors, because I don't feel like this movie has the same flavor. It's a tonal shift. Yes. I think that's that's something that threw a lot of people off, uh, is that... Right after the first one took off, they were like, "It's we're, we definitely planned on a trilogy." So to me, when I heard that, I was like, "Obviously, they had an outline, sure, but when you go to watch this one, especially kills and ends, even have different feelings." I believe that about as much as I believe that George Lucas had Star Wars all written out before he mm-hmm. ever shot the yeah. first one. 
Alrighty. So we have um, lots of weird names there. So Alvin Armstrong is The Shape, 1978. Thomas Mann is Young Hawkins. Uh, John Cummins is Pete um, McCabe, which is the cop from 78. Um, Robert Longstreet is Lonnie Lamb. Anthony Michael Hall is hey, Tommy. Lottie. Get your ass away from that. <laughs> Tommy Doyle. Charles Cyphers returns as Lee Brackett. Uh, Scott MacArthur is Big John. Mike McDonald is Little John, which is side note. Uh, Michael McDonald was killed by both Michael Myers and Mike Myers. Because he did die in Austin Powers as well. And he also sang Y'all Mo Be There. Yes. <laughs> uh, Kylie Richards returns as Lindsay. Nancy Stevens returns as Marion. Uh, Diva Tyler returns as Sandra, which is the caretaker um, from the first film. Well, from... The last Halloween films, yes. Uh, lots of other returning characters that I didn't write down, so there's lots of actors. Um, I will say one of the coolest things I think about these movies is I think there's a lot of unconventional casting, which is cool, that adds to it. And um, I feel like there's a weird... Um, it's like they had a almost like a Simpsons map of like Springfield. They did that with Haddonfield. And they're just like, let's put all these zany characters, and, and he's going to encounter all this stuff all night. Halloween kills. All right. Can I give the quick synopsis? Yeah, have at it. All right. Directly picks up where the first film ends. But we also get a unique... Let it burn! <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that an Usher song? Um, and we get a unique Hawkins backstory to learn more about him and how he ended up where he's at. Because a lot of this does become a Hawkins film at this point. Uh, yeah. It's... it's, it's Jamie's story, or it's Lori's story, and it's Hawkins' story. Um, but really, there's not a whole lot to say about this movie. So, Michael survives the fire. Uh, firefighters go to help. Survive, survive. He whips and fireman's ass. He sir thrives. <laughs> he uh, Jason Voorhees, the fire department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we could d- discuss that. So he. Yeah, he comes out and he kills like 36 firefighters with various weapons. <laughs> Is this why your dad didn't like this movie? Yeah, he boycotted it. <laughs> um, and then really, I mean, we just, it's its a bridge to a film. It's a bridge to a movie that Vinny is not happy with how we get on is the other side the of that bridge. Is bridges to Madison County? It is. Uh, it's the bridges to uh, Corey Inns. Um, and... It's really just Michael going around killing, and but the the interpersonal stories between a lot of the victims. Um, there's no real resolution at the end. Uh, it's it's a tonal shift. Let's just put it that mm-hmm. way. Well, so it's now, called Halloween Kills. Yeah, you know, right. Like, I mean, that's what he does. It's, it's it, it is. It's, it's I feel like the, the tagline, yeah. if it went old school, old school would have been like. The movie you've all been asking for. And then everybody's like, we killed too many people. Thank you, Todd. That's the point I want to make right off the top here. I could not understand. I understand the complaints about the tonal shift. I get that. But when people are like, oh, that was the best Jason Voorhees Halloween movie that ever happened. I'm like, what do you people want? Jason's been like, or Jason, Jesus, you just got me. 
<laughs> the shape has been locked up 40 years, and he's ready to kill. Daddy's been pent up. And everybody's <laughs> trying to stand in his way, because and that's what he's going to do. It's hard to do, because I will catch myself doing it, too. People have to remember, those other movies don't exist. So, literally, you can't be like, oh, you know, in part... No, none of those movies existed. He's been locked up for 40 years, so other than what you just watched previously... He, nothing else has been going on. Well, what for the years. fuck are you going to see Halloween for? Like, right. what do you want out of a Halloween movie? Why are you going to see it? You want to be scared and you want to see Michael Myers kill people. And Michael Myers kills you, motherfuckers in this movie. Did you, yeah. Did you happen to see what Brian Blair wrote? Because it, I, I, it just summed it up for me. Oh, he was like, he was like, he was like, me would have lost my mind looking for this at the video store. Yep. It was gory, scary, Michael Myers. And yeah. the, night, the only thing you could have done that would have got me jizzing my pants more would have been more 70s. Like the 70s. Because yeah. at first I was like, oh, this is going to be stupid. And oh, then the man. Donald Pleasant stuff. I like Because when he stepped out of the car, I was like, who's this? Oh, oh, my note. Do you mean deep fake Loomis? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that that was yeah, all shape. makeup. On an actor blows my it's people mind. Th- people think that's CGI. I'm like, yeah, that is yeah. not CGI. Well, it, that guy does cons now. Like, yeah. <laughs> is, not as Loomis, I guess, as Loomis, but he, he gives, looks exactly. Like, he gives like hand him. jobs in the bathrooms as Loomis. Those, <laughs> those scenes were, were my favorite things about this movie. Getting more of the night, yeah, and it looked like. Yeah. The night, they, the, the, the coloring, the oh, everything. The, when they go in the house, man, it, it, it looks like they just found footage from John Carpenter. I could have done with a lot more of that, if I'm being perfectly honest have, with have you. you have I you, could have gone with a whole movie Have you watched? That way. So there, I, I will say disappointment is there is a couple scenes that should have been left alone. Because one of them is uh, young Lonnie Lamb. Is they, I think it's left in the movie where they pull up on the kids and he's, they're, they're going to beat him up. Yeah. So they all take off, and um, so early on, he he sees Michael staring at him from the shrub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think they cut it because they're like, "Oh, it's too much like the no, leave it." Mm-hmm. So that would have been perfect. That he goes and wanders down the street by himself, and Michael's like stalking him. Man, you should have left all that shit in, all I think of it. They did, didn't? No, that because I think they. I did think the that shrub time, in the daytime got yeah. cut out and stuff. Oh, daytime. Well, I think they did that so they could sell you the extended cut, yeah, which is about too. two gotcha. minutes more. And I, and I bought it, so <laughs> <laughs> deal. Got him. Yeah. Hey, last thing I was going to say on the bigger point of the whole picture here is that I don't, I don't blame you if you dislike the film. That's fine, but don't like. Complain that Michael Myers killed people in a movie called Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you're like, this was not a good movie, I, I can't argue with you about that. But if you're mad that he killed a lot of people. There's some weirdness to like, you know, like, um, yeah, like I said, I'm not saying it's a great movie. I, my favorite is they go to talk about the really weird characters, but they're like, am I allowed to talk about them? Because I'm like, well, if we're going to go there, I'm like, who else is going to buy Michael Myers' house but a gay couple? <laughs> and the realtors, because if you watch real close, yeah. they're, they're on benches and stuff because they're, they're, they're both realtors. Mm. Who else is going to buy that shit but the, the gay couple? Brent, you want to gush on this? Yeah, I want to give Brent a Yeah, chance. I was going to say what you, your point you were saying, Grizz, about him killing too much. It's not... I do like the movie, and I like pretty much the whole movie, but... What what the shape does is he doesn't kill in front of a group of ten people. 
It's fair. He's Batman. The shape is Batman, yeah. where he hides in the shadows. And if if you're not a threat, then he won't even you won't even know he was there. Uh, but I, that being said, I also do think it's cool when he kills all the firefighters. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, like, it's it's cool, but it's also, if you're going what I think the shape is, it's not the shape that is in 78. Um, yeah. And then the other thing, another, I think the highlight is the, the throwback scenes for the reasons you said, Vinny. But then one of the, the downfalls of the movie is the hospital stuff, more so Whoa. with the guy that looks nothing like Michael Myers. The one? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, and I know... It, it's, Pumpkin pies tonight! Yeah. It's, it's one of those where I, do, I could see how a crowd will do stuff, because in recent history, you, you just need a, a theme and... It's like a bunch of people out. just might storm a building yeah. if you get a group mentality. <laughs> Even that, like, and that was filmed before that actually happened. But <laughs> then it's like all the more reason why that would happen. But it's also like people don't change, man. In a world of true crime podcasts, nobody knows what Michael Myers looks like, as opposed to like a tall, skinny guy versus a potato guy. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's come on. He looks like boiled potato. <laughs> When I first saw this movie, I heard a lot of people complaining the body count they were bitching about and all this and that. I really enjoyed this movie the first time around. Uh, And so this is probably the second time I've watched it. I'm not as favorable this time. I still like it. Don't get me wrong. But that evil dies tonight shit (laughs) is real fucking dumb. And like that's why I say I can't believe it's the same writer and director because the dialogue is pretty bad in the hospital. And I can't believe the same people who are writing it that wrote some of the other stuff in the previous film. Uh, all in all, I like it. But it's just not – I'm not as favorable or as forgiving as I was the first time around. I, it, it, its flaws are a little more apparent to me this time. Professor, I can tell you've been biting your tongue. Oh, no, no just uh, take almost, a back seat for a change almost, let everybody have their moment. Almost like the DJ. <laughs> so with this one, I think that it immediately declares itself of what's to come, which is questionable choices. Um, because the first one is, I mean, they came out with such a mature approach, a very patient return to form, and then immediately discard all of that when this movie gets mm-hmm. going. And, and that's a little bit of a head-scratcher. With that said, I enjoy it. I think it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one can't deny all of the restraint that was used in that first movie to make the punches really potent mm-hmm. is just out the window. I mean, he comes out. Don't, and don't get me wrong. It is badass when he walks out of that house engulfed in flames. And it's just got just all the, the shit dripping down around him. And he's holding the axe. And Michael's, Michael's a bad bitch right there. It's time. And so he comes out and he kills him and it's it's cartoonish like it like yeah. a lot of stuff has been in slash movies that's fine too but I I understand where that lost some people because everything that you built up as a brand with that first one is gone yeah. right in that moment right that's okay I have a good time with it I completely agree with pretty much what everybody's saying um, I think the real gem of this entry that somehow gets overlooked is all of the flashback stuff that alone is worth the price of admission because nobody's ever done it had this franchise around for 40 years and nobody's ever really attempted to go back 
to then. Yeah. Now, Halloween 2 did, but that's not really fair because it was a few years after. You right. still had everybody in their prime right. just picking right back up. But for, for them to go back and actually achieve it, I think is pretty remarkable. Um, in the theater, I, I was convinced that uh, Loomis was computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, thought, yeah I thought it was like... Um, Cushing and Star yeah. Wars. I was like, oh, we're doing this again. And then I was kind of squinting and looking. I was like, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's an actual person. Like that's real. Then come to find out afterwards, it's you know prosthetics and makeup, and it's incredible. Um, Deep fake, like the government's doing. <laughs> yeah. But also, uh, just to echo, I, I completely agree with with the dialogue and the hospital stuff. They lean way too heavily into that. Um, now the stuff at the bar I really enjoy with the old faces and toasting to the past before they know that this crazy bastard's out on the loose and they're kind of having their night of remembrance. Can I just make the point that that everybody's there having a good time and Tommy Doyle really kills the party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have any of you been around the real Tommy Doyle? Woo! <laughs> we have at a convention. There is a reason we had a new actor. <laughs> Whoa, that guy's out there. Anyways, I, I really enjoy the, the setting there with them kind of reflecting back on that night because they don't get too hammy there. They don't lean in too heavily. It's it's a it's a realistic toast that they would have. Um, but man, once we get to the hospital, it just comes undone. Yeah. The, the the storming is so that, like just heavy handed, like and direct in reflection with what was going on um, in current events, which some of that's fine, I get it. Real life reflects art and vice versa, but it, I mean, that and the catchphrase started to, to become like, what, what am I watching? Like, you right. guys are squandering all of this momentum the, you had. The catchphrase would have been sweet on the poster and maybe once in the movie. It, well, maybe once. I, I, it, I almost felt like they think the audience is fucking idiots. And they're not going to get it I, unless they keep repeating it. Well, I but, think the the mob mentality, it, they're like, they're poking fun at present day catchphrases and people becoming obsessed with them. And I get that, but it, it's like distracting for a movie. Uh, I, that would be much more effective if they were out in the street chanting that as a group. Evil dies tonight. Like, well, But if you have people incorporating it into their interactions with each other over and over and over again, nobody talks like that. It's weird. Well, yeah. but it came from Love Lives Today, that thing in the bar. There's like a donation thing. So that's <laughs> it's a thing that's in the, in the movie. But hey, school. People dies tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it is, it's so dumb, but it's also we've seen oh, Doyle. Real, real people chant well, stuff yeah, as dumb. That's true. Uh, that's well, true. Well, well, and to your, I was going to say real quick to your point. Um, we see that spray painted in the next film. Uh, as he's riding under an underpass, mm-hmm. and it says "Love Lives Today." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, just kind of trying to watch this from a different scope this time. I kind of think even this film, again, it's it's the shape. I I, I still agree. Like I think Michael Myers is still kind of like needing <clears throat> to kind of be in the shadows. I think the fireman just wrong place, wrong time, and he was pissed, and he had to get out because he was going to die. Um, Do you think that'd be a good calendar? Creating <laughs> Michael Myers with firefighters, <laughs> yeah, with the firemen. Uh, and and you know the the end of the film's a little different too, because again they're they're just whooping ass. But here here's a couple of things I don't know if people caught on or not, because again it's 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 a line in the movie. It's definitely used in the trailer. And she keeps talking about with every kill, Michael Myers is kind of developing into something else. 
Because I know people are like, oh, they said they were going to go this route. Okay, you can say that all you want. But the thing is, it's not Michael Myers. <laughs> it's the shape. And I'll, I'll stop there so somebody else can talk a little bit about it. Go for it, Brent. But, well, hold the thought because I had something else. But I was just going to say, the mob mentality, though. Mike, I will let you finish. <laughs> no, I'll let him go that route. But the mob mentality, though, I kind of, again, I feel like the the shape. So I, I haven't said it, but the, the original book. Not not these novels, but the original seventy eight book talks like like even Michael Myers' grandfather did the same thing. He killed a family member, and it talks about how this presence. They heard voices. Um, there's there's stuff with the druids. There's all this stuff about how an evil presence took over. Blah blah blah. You can shake your hand on you want. This is pre seventy eight. John Carpenter, you dick. Anyways. <laughs> I think there's stuff with the shape, there's stuff with the darkness, and it has affected the whole town at this point. That's why they're out chasing the penguin, acting all crazy, evil dies tonight, blah, blah, blah. And that's where I'll stop so other people can speak. Not well, you, Benny, though. <laughs> I think it's better addressed in the next movie, what, what you were just talking about, what uh, Lori says. But I think we haven't talked about that Lori's hardly in this movie, which is fine because it's the middle of the trilogy, but... You got the the lady that we all came to see is barely in the movie. She's stuck in the hospital mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, that's a good point, which I think was another form of resentment for a lot of people in terms of, of what they tuned in for. But And again, this goes back to what I was saying, which is questionable choices and patterns, because I agree with what you're saying in kind of this um, supernatural, immortal kind of presence, but then we immediately abandon that in the third one and make him completely mortal. You know what I mean? That's That's just... I mean, I mean, I can read what she said because I wrote it down in my phone. Yeah. But at the end of the movie, she, Lori says, "I always thought Michael Myers was flesh and blood, just like you and me. But a mortal man could not have survived what he's lived through. The more he kills, the more he transcends into something impossible to defeat. You can't defeat it with brute force." Right. And so, I, I think that this just—it's that pattern. Um, I, I love the. Conceptually, I like the town battling him. Mm-hmm. I think they just kind of squandered that by isolating it into the hospital. It has the Richard Ramirez vibes. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I love the idea of him just kind of slaughtering his way it, through Haddonfield with people. I wonder if the him. hospital with Jamie, and I almost kind of felt like they're like, oh, Halloween too, you know, she wouldn't have been able to do all that stuff. So they were kind of like, well, let's just make her do what she could have done, which is she's stuck in a fucking hospital bed in a room. So that's the realistic Halloween, too. But I wonder if they almost kind of did the hospital too long to be kind of a throwback to Halloween, too. I think that's probably part of it. <clears throat> I th- there's two things that I want to comment on before we were to move on on anything. One, there's a line where somebody references something about the Myers house. As long as the house is still there, mm-hmm. he'll always come back to it, as mentioned. And I, that comes into play when we talk about the next one, but I just want to point out that it is there. The other thing is, and spoiler alert for anybody, imagine how much more the death of Karen would have meant to an audience if it were played by Danielle Harris. Imagine how much more it would mean if Karen wasn't a fucking Karen. Because as I'm watching these back to back, I'm like, man, she's a very unlikable. She's character. an unlikable character because yes. she she hates her fucking mom to where she don't listen to her, and then she's so fucking bossy. But then the minute she realizes everybody's been fucking right, 
She's yelling at the cops to go get her fucking daughter. You didn't listen to anybody, you yeah. bitch. Yeah. I think that if Daniel Harrison played that character, I think it would have meant more to the audience when she died. Just like it would have meant more when uh, Jamie Lloyd died in part six if it was played by Daniel Because to raise your point is the boyfriend who was the douchebag. But I think he kind of redeemed himself. And man, when Michael Myers is fucking taking his head and just knocking... Because he... he somewhat redeems himself yeah and he's just taking this kid's head back and forth and she's screams at him and you almost think he's just gonna walk past him and he reaches back and breaks that kid's michael neck. has a mean streak in this one yeah like it, some things are done out of just straight meanness not just i kill out of just i'm being mean there's malicious mm-hmm. intent behind it yeah, so let's go to more of what people hate so we can roll on. So, like I just said, uh, so Lonnie, they, they, they've chased him down to, we, we have the Big John, Little John. Which, which, by the way, I will go to my grave defending Big John and Little John. <laughs> oh, they're great. Love them. Yeah. And, and, like, and they, you get the cool-ass Halloween song that he busts out, which, man, I had to track that down. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> It's Can we record you doing that dance and put it out there? For it's the like the arm from Twin Peaks. I thought it looked like it looks like the gopher from Caddyshack, actually. <laughs> or like Buffalo Bill. Give me, the, give me the magic flute. Um, yeah, we'll do that next Halloween. Um, but yeah, for for weird tertiary characters in Halloween sequels, they're they're among the best. Well, then they 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 were talking about how hum- I was like, obviously he's not homophobic because he put them together after he killed him. So. <laughs> um, Speaking of tertiary characters, uh, I really like that lovable old couple. Uh, they're playing with the drone and the house. So, <laughs> so the so the that shit's the, scary too. It goes flying back. Yes. Out. So the female is the caretaker. So in the first film, she's the one. She's in the first film. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's the one showing where the graves would be. Gotcha, gotcha. And she also comes back in the third film. Yes. Um, but <laughs> my which, favorite which lines, is a scary scene too. One of my favorite lines uh, with the old couple <laughs> is that they hear the noise and the husband goes to investigate, comes back and says, there's a big fella in the bathroom wearing monster masks. <laughs> That's uh, Lenny Clark, uh, legendary Boston comedian. Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> shout out to Lenny. Yeah, what up, Lenny? <laughs> we got a Hollywood comedian here filling us in. I know Lenny Clark. But... <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right, go, go ahead, Todd. Tell us what we need to know. Oh, no, I'm just saying, so you were uh, talking about the house, so uh, we get some, everybody ends up going to the house, and uh, Lonnie Lamb is killed up in the attic at some point that we don't see on camera. Uh, for the tenth time, I'd like to point out on this show that me and Todd did that at the actual house, and he stood on the side of the porch. Uh, it's one of my favorite things you guys have ever done. This is with people waiting to try and take a picture at the house. They're watching me, he and I reenact that on like, the porch. Many years from now, hopefully, when I'm on my deathbed, you come play that video for me. Got it, <laughs> it will give me a moment's peace. I will be there. Get away from me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so they, uh, we have, um, I just went blank on. Lonnie. Uh, Lonnie. They killed Lonnie. They killed Lonnie, and then his son, and I just went blank on their names, because I barely remember my own. Allison and Cameron. Uh, so Cameron gets killed. Allison is throwing her ass down the stairs, because her ass was dumb enough to Turn run up there. So uh, she's uh, downstairs, and uh, finally mom does something smart and comes in and stabs him. They lure Michael down the street by, uh, you know, again, she takes the mask off, which seems to hold power. 
And they get him to go down the street. And another scene that just everybody seems to agree on and love because everybody's down the street mom mentality. You got old girl with an iron and I think uh, somebody's got like a like a french fry maker and um, <laughs> uh, a ninja and all kinds of fun stuff down there waiting Slap on him. Slap <laughs> And they beat the shit out of Michael Myers. Um, but yeah, like... Don't, don't they stick a pitchfork in my man's oh back? Oh my god. They yeah, shoot the him, they stab him, they hit him with bottle rockets. Like, <laughs> she she stabs him, but yeah, when he, when he rises back though, if you watch... Man, every time he kills somebody, it's almost... It is. It's like it. It's a little supernatural-ish. It's almost like he's getting. Some well, help. sure. After you get impaled by a by a fucking pitchfork, it's got to be supernatural. But again, it's fucking badass when he stands up and fucks everybody up. Which is why leading into the fucking next one, I have so many exactly. goddamn questions. They, which which they all shoot I, him like five times. I was gonna like, say all I can think of is like uh, the little one, be like uh, I shot him five times. The like. She hit him with a table. He's no longer able. Uh oh, he's up again. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, uh, Karen's dumbass. Which again, uh, man, would she see like a little clown or something in the window? Yes. Yeah, and little it, Michael Myers. I think there's something with the radio station too. I don't know because that's the only thing I can figure out what what you can see out Michael Myers's window is the radio station. Because there's always something everybody's looking out of. Got old Reed Richards over here, <laughs> stretching and reaching. Something there. Well, that something like there. during that scene when they're attacking him and he just takes bullets to the chest and gets up. I'm like, well, then it's clearly supernatural because that was the whole question of the movie. And then, well, he, he gets just... shot six times and then spits out six bullets. I would be, <laughs> I would be. He actually shoots them out of his mouth. Back in the yeah. I'd be the pussy neighbor that's like four rows back, and you just hear me go, "Evil didn't die tonight." <laughs> my ass would be gone. You would have posted my car door shut. Posted on next door. They really, <laughs> what was that noise down there? I, I will say, some of them did have really shit that they just grabbed last minute. Like, like one of them just has like. Uh, like, here's my bedazzler. Like, <laughs> hit him with the dildo. <laughs> I brought my cricket. <laughs> well, we didn't even talk about the legacy characters of the sheriff and the nurse and all that. Yeah, we and like, brushed right over that. I would have liked to have seen them more in the movie because it's doubtful that they'll be in another one. I knew that. Right. I kind of thought that Marion was going to buy it. She should at least got a shot off before that happened. That pissed me off. That was a bummer. Uh,. I knew that the the nurse was going to get it in the back seat when he was choking him, but man, that was vicious. And I have to say, when the doctor's running with the gun, the whole theater was like, when she shoots herself because he hits her with the door, the yeah. whole theater was like, whoa! <laughs> but uh, man, Mar- Marion hanging with the ma- the witch mask on was just it was just a bummer. And then Charles Cipher, but to to be like, say something about Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> Spaghetti. <laughs> And nine mile. It's an extra mile. Uh, you know, when you have these movies too, it's like, man, you know, are, would you have them around for another movie? You never know. I mean, I don't know. It, it's funny to have a movie that simultaneously did so many things right, but then also did so many things wrong. I think that's what's most interesting about it, is there really is no middle. No. They, ha- they either did great or shit the bed on stuff. Yep. But the thing is, I still I still like this movie. And yes, I said before Halloween 
ends comes out, I was like, we'll see how good this middle one is by how the last one is. <laughs> and it it made it better for me, but <laughs> for reasons. But uh, how did you guys feel about the look of Michael? Because we get the burn side on I love it. Yeah, totally fine with Getting gnarlier with each end. Oh, yeah. Missing fingers from the shotgun wound previous. Yeah, I kind of wondered how they would do deal with that because, you know, in, in the 2018 is, you know, she shoots off like some of his fingers so and i i did love that it picked right up with this movie like from from the last one we're right back in it let let's fucking go just like with the original sequel to all the scores too i love that carpenter is doing modern takes on all that yeah Mm -hmm. each one's different but good Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) all right moving right along to Let's get dirty. The let's start flare chopping. Third part of this trilogy called Halloween Ends 2022. Uh, again, everybody that lived that's in this movie is played by the same people, written by the same people, directed by the same people. Newer characters. Um, so Corey is Rowan Campbell. Um, radio. Um, Receptionist is Diana Prince, a.k.a. Darcy the Mail Girl. Uh, Rick Moose is... Um, that's uh, Ronald. Which one was Ronald? McDonald. Ronald is the uh, is the stepdad that owns the garage. Kareen mm. um, Harris is Willie the Kid, the DJ. And um, I didn't write down the bratty band kids. From Damn. New York. Damn, holy <laughs> hey, yo! I live in Haddonfield, Illinois, over here. <laughs> That's you right. Get, you want to get tough with me? We're band kids. We're tough. <laughs> band kids are terrifying now. Okay. If you didn't know. My kid's a band kid. No okay, way. first off, if you're a jock, you better not even look at somebody wrong because your ass is in trouble. <clears throat> band kids only, can get away with some stuff. Right? Only when it's 60 band kids coming at you saying evil dice tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing I'd like to point out straight away is there's like a montage and you see a headline very briefly that says that the Myers house has been demolished. Mm-hmm. Missed it on first viewing. So they go out of their way to say in Halloween Kills, make this whole thing about the house and he was standing in the window and he's tied to the house and this and that. And it's not even verbally mentioned in this movie. You get a, a, a glimpse of a headline that says the house has been demolished. Otherwise, it's not touched on. A build up for nothing. For nothing. This will be a theme. Also, we should say this is four years in between the second one. Yes. Uh, Brent, do you want to. Well, well, if we start from the beginning. <laughs> so we start from the beginning, we start one year later after Halloween kills. With Corey. With Corey, who is going to babysit. Does anyone else want to do a fast synopsis, or should I? Go ahead. All right, so we open with one of the most fucked up openings in a film that I've seen in a long time. Right, so Corey is going to babysit. Uh, The kid is playing tricks on him. They're watching a scary movie. Uh, The kid locks him into a room. He then kicks open the door as the parents are getting home from the party, and the kid falls from, like, the 16th story because this is the weirdest mansion in Haddonfield, Illinois I've ever seen. How fucking big is Haddonfield, by the way? Like, from the first movie, I picture it like it's a small town. A dollar general town. Yes, 
And as these movies, this trilogy goes on, Haddonfield is Springfield, where it's it's just everything exists. They got a Walmart or two in between the sequels. <laughs> yeah, I was going to give it at least a Walmart Applebee's. <laughs> the original. Like, but yeah, but no, you're right. Two Walmarts, maybe no Charlie's at this point. Yeah. Um, and so, but I mean, this kid falls to his it's death brutal. from at least the third story. It's 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 unsettling. And it's a great opening. Like, sure. I mean that when that happened, I was like, we are in for a film. Sure. I was quickly reminded that's not true, but uh, that's <laughs> how it opens. Um, so you've got Corey, who is the troubled young man, uh, trying to deal with that. Uh, then we get back to now Lori Strode and her granddaughter. Lori, no longer a doomsday prepper, now Martha Stewart. Uh, living her best life. Uh, the granddaughter, now a nurse. Uh, her path crosses with this young, ma- this problematic young man. Because Jamie Lee pushes yeah. him towards her. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we just get this story about how um, Jamie Lee is trying to let go of her past. Lori Strode is trying to let go of her past. And now Corey can't escape his past and it's this theme that they beat us over the head with throughout the film about trying to escape your past and how you can't escape your past and we weave that into michael myers who is a ninja turtle now yes he lives with the ninja turtles (laughs) pennywise Uh, yeah the the supernatural michael myers who is clinging to life in the sewers and now the cave he possesses Corey, let's be honest about it. He possesses Corey, who now, who used to be such a nice young man, but now has the blackest eyes I've ever seen, <laughs> if you will. Um, who he starts working in tandem with Michael Myers to do some killings. He becomes. Show the, me how you do it. <laughs> he becomes the bad guy. Stupid. That's essentially the synopsis. Brent. You go first. I think it was great. No. Um, I uh, I have a lot of problems with the movie. And a uh, big, big one is Laurie Strode, how programmed for 40 years to be a prepper and an alcoholic and a dooms... She's all doom and gloom. And now that Michael is out and on the loose uh, after he murdered her daughter. I have to wonder, yeah. was it me? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and now she's oh you got to move on it's the pe-. well I'm like well now he is the threat he's out there somewhere yeah for forty years while he's behind bars where you know exactly death, where he's at and now he's you know <laughs> he's running through the sewers and mm-hmm. you're not worried about he's him. murdered your daughter he did come back like you thought he would yeah but now eh, I'm gonna hang Halloween decorations and make pumpkin pies you got to show grief your tits <laughs> as she puts it in the movie. My God, like, I like Danny McBride, and I feel like that's a Danny McBride line. He wrote that. That was straight out of Eastbound and Down. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, it's not Laurie Strode. Like, I get the characters change, and her in the the grocery store with Hawkins, and she's playing with her hair, and now she's 17 again. But I'm like, you're not. You're 50, and... You have PTSD and you're an alcoholic and all that stuff. Like the character changed too much, and I just don't believe it. A hundred percent, do not believe where this character is now, considering the circumstances. 
uh, I'm going to move into my grievances with the character of Corey right quick. Okay. Uh, the bumbling Clark Kent act is fucking just wore out. He doesn't even do it that well. It, this motherfucker is in his 20s and is being bullied by high schoolers. High school fucking band kids. Like, are you fucking with me right now? Like, what the fuck is this even supposed... Uh, by the way, I have more notes for this movie than I have ever any movie we have ever covered. Okay? Uh, like uh, we joked about earlier... Professor, just ask Henry Zabrowski when he got bullied by kids in the subway. <laughs> kids are mean, Vinny. And then we laughed about the New York kid yeah. in Haddonfield. Hey, oh, what are you doing already, eh? I'm from fucking Illinois. So it says the S. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just the, the fucking Jerry Lewis bumbling from fucking Corey is absolutely ridiculous. Hey, lady, can I go to your Halloween party? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the fucking uh, Lori's granddaughter says she's got a rattle under her car, and Corey immediately knows exactly what's wrong <laughs> with her car from a described sound. Uh, God damn, Corey! At the, Corey, I, I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> You're nitpicking a little bit. <laughs> oh, because fuck yes, I am. I'm insulted by this fucking movie. I'm insulted that they put this out. I'm insulted that this was the follow up. To what we had for the previous two movies. The fucking stupid. Let's see here. Uh, now Lori's being blamed for what Michael Myers has done. We're blaming the fucking victim. That's very real. That's a that's a rough scene. Like it's stupid. Like, it's also how humans yeah, misplace their blame. Yeah, exactly. And it's so painful. I do want to stop you there because that, as you said, this is where hurting people um, will place their frustration and anger on anybody else. And I think that scene with Lori in the grocery store parking lot where old girl, the caretaker. Sandra. Yeah. Um, I thought that was one of the better done scenes in the Oof. film because it, I think it was a very human experience. And I was like, ah, damn, that's not Lori's fault, man. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. And this is the same community that, you know, 40 years prior, you have a sheriff not listening to the doctor tell him over and over again, mm-hmm. we got a problem. And then when there's a problem, they go, why did you let this happen? But this is it's also like, a community that four years ago chanted evil dies tonight a thousand times, chased an innocent man to his fucking death because Michael Myers was the evil that was put on their place and they were going to do sure, away this with This is blah. the direct relative of a victim, though, not the community. That's why she's upset with her in the party. No, but, but even Corey's mom says that Thank to you. Lori. Your mom I'm, I'm talking about something. the scene that we were yeah. talking yeah, about. Right, sure. Yeah, But also, and I think that that, fit, that scene balances well with Corey getting yelled at by the mom at the bar about how oh, you're an animal. You oh, know. that mom who's wearing the same costume she wore the year before? <laughs> okay. Cool. Vinny's like three you years before. Vinny's like you can't go back to Kmart and get a different costume <laughs> for real. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I'm only speaking up because that was one of the few things I liked. Oh, about I, the movie, I thought that sucked too. Is is this idea, this balance about again that theme they're hitting us over the head with? In that 
quite heavily about escaping your past. Yeah. Well, so. after the Halloween party where uh, Corey is dancing around like Dahmer at the gay bar. Uh, you ain't wrong. <laughs> I know. I know. I was proud of that one. Uh, then, you know, he, that whole situation happens with the kid's mom who sees him out, and he he leaves. He storms out of the party, oh, and then you think you get to have fun. And then the bullies show up, the high school bullies, to the guy who's in his twenties. And thank goodness they break his glasses, so he's not a nerd anymore. <laughs> uh, and then he has the same origin as Catwoman in Batman Returns. I almost did a spit take. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> It'd be great if Christopher Walken pushed. Uh, didn't he push Catwoman out of his Yes, yeah. yes. So then, so then we we get to Corey's by the the fucking storm drain or whatever, and he meets up with Michael in the Ninja Turtles lair, <laughs> and Michael's going to kill him, but then he looks deeply into his eyes and does the fucking Vulcan mind meld with him. And now Corey's carrying his fucking Katra. Well, is that is that what happens? Because it, is that now they're fused because they're they were both tortured people, or because Michael Myers, the kid, was not tortured no, at all? It's trauma share. <laughs> and it's it, it's the original title. Shouldn't we know better by now, having watched other franchises do this in the past? That psychic links generally aren't received real fucking well. Yeah. Well, they're not psychically linked. Then what are they? Because Corey knows things about Lori with, without Michael speaking to him. They have shared memories now. Because it's the shape. But keep going. Keep going. It's a sad game you're running. All right. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. He can't fight a fucking high schooler, but he can kill a fucking hobo. <laughs> well, these hobos out here nowadays. These modern hobos? They ain't nothing. Which, yeah. which is also a form of Michael Myers. <laughs> so, new hobos. So, and to your point, uh, Corey's mom, it's now also Lori's fault that the town turned against Corey. They needed a new mom. After he accidentally killed a child. So that's Lori's fault. Let's see <laughs> here. Again, we'll push back on that. I think that was one of the decent parts of the storytelling. Michael cowering in the fucking corner of the Ninja Turtles lair. <laughs> what I don't understand, why why don't we give a flashback at some point of that ass whooping he was taking at the end of the last movie? Because then you might have an easier time going, oh, that's why Michael Myers is a fucking puss now, is because he took that epic ass whooping and a, and a pitchfork into his back. Four years ago, so that okay, that's why he's run down Michael Myers. He's got twelve gunshot wounds. Never mind the fact that he then stood up and whooped everybody's ass after that happened. But does he not transcend (laughs) after he kills? Don't you know what adrenaline does to the body? Oh man, Uh, god damn it! And and then of course the scene that everyone fucking hates. You do it. (laughs) I've never seen anybody killed on anything ever. Uh, God damn it. When, of course, they go and Michael and Corey go on a tag team killing spree like the Rockers. <laughs> the hot tag. <laughs> At the doctor, for the doctor and the nurse. And thank God Big Mike's there to bail five foot Corey out and take out the woman. But yet, yeah, then after that, 
five foot Corey wrestles Michael Myers fucking mask away from him. This may be the single most egregious thing they did in the entire fucking movie. Yep. This this makes me angry when I see this scene. What the fuck are you... What? I've watched this dude be a puss the entire fucking movie. <laughs> and now he's wrestling Michael Myers to the ground and puss. stealing his mask away from him. So with the bullies, he's not being a puss. He cannot get in trouble. What? Okay. Oh, legally. Legally, the same reason he won't go in and buy him beer. I mean, if they're such big bullies, he could have just went in and bought him beer. And I just don't think he would have bought him beer anyway because he's Corey. Well, yes. he probably wouldn't have, but he's we still not going to... We all know a Corey that wouldn't buy his beer. Fight just up. be cool, man. I mean, Sorry, like, I he could have done all kinds of stuff to them, but it didn't. It was just like, to, to him, he just wanted like to keep going and move along and not do anything to these kids. It's like watching Rey Mysterio fight Big Show. I just ain't <laughs> buying it. The homeless guy, <laughs> who also was another version of The Shape... And if anybody else wants to get in here at any time, I, I, I came to watch like, this. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm not sure because it looks like he's still got two more books here. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually almost Cause, done because I felt like I need to backtrack because you guys skipped over a lot of stuff, like how every Halloween there's all these weird occurrences that kept happening because Jamie Lee didn't just fold into Susie Homemaker. Because she actually was like a, a wreck and was like searching for Michael Myers for years. Did Where did you come up with this? This was not in the movie. Yeah, it was. Word? Yeah. It opens up one year later. All this stuff happens to Corey. She witnesses all of that. The next year, there's a couple that have shot themselves in a truck because she says Michael Myers would have never used a gun on, on people. Okay. Uh, there's a person that has hung themselves outside their home. Um, like all, every year there's all this stuff and that's the thing is it's like Michael Myers is rubbed off on the town um, one of the things I did like a fan theory is that he's in the sewer and now he's infecting the town that way which is not really a uh, the sewer could have been done better it's actually a cave no it isn't no it isn't it's a fucking storm drain it shows him going to a it is not a cave on what planet is that a cave it's cement it's not rocks. It's a man-made structure. Where are you coming up with it's a cave? It's a cave. Where? where? Watch the deleted scenes. <laughs> you should see where he hides all the bodies. Oh, my God. But we are basing this off of what we was presented to us in a film. How long, how, long, how long would you sit and watch the Halloween movie? Because this movie would have took four hours. The homeless. What in the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about this movie. Like, the movie everybody wants that's so clear would have took two movies to do. No, the movie that everybody wants that would have been so clear wouldn't have had fucking Corey in it. It would have had Michael Myers. Then they should have just did Michael Myers and they should have did Buster Rhymes Resurrection. This, there's two things. There's two things. Either people like John Carpenter, which is the shape, or they like Michael Myers... Which is like all the Halloween sequels that everybody complains about. Let, let me take a, a step back here and, and just ask a question. I'm asking for general input here, not trying to, to further an argument. What's the purpose of Corey? That's my main question. I feel like with this movie, the, people the, get too wrapped up in arguing. I think a, the purpose... Hold on. An okay. approach to how they get there versus why did we get there? Because we have two movies that are clearly building... 
up to a certain arc at a certain pace that are then completely gone. That is my big issue with it. And so I'm okay with that as long as we have a purpose and understanding why we switched it up in the third one. And and also going back to a point we made earlier where I'm surprised this is the same writer and the same director is that if it is, why wasn't, couldn't we have had Corey at least briefly mentioned in the middle movie? That's what I think would have been great is have him Interwoven. Yes, I think I think the audience and myself as a whole would have had an easier time with this character instead of being thrown in in the the act three of a trilogy. If he would have at least been mentioned in some way, shape, or form in that second one, to where it didn't feel so alien to all of a sudden end up in this spot. I think that that scene with him in the beginning is a really good scene. Mm-hmm. He could have been a cashier in the other two, just a little bit. So we something. like that. Oh, that's that guy. Something, right? And, and I mean, that would have worked, but like the the tragedy couldn't have happened until this one because that's kind of the and that's fine. As he's he's took place of the boogeyman, and that's fine. But I think they should have at least established him as a resident of Haddonfield. Why not? I mean, it could have been a throwaway line. He could have he been, been in the high guard. school, and, yeah. and somebody said. Something to him, even if they were treating him like a nerd or whatever it was. I just think it's odd to all of a sudden thrust this brand new character into this trilogy when clearly we are leading up to the closing of a three-movie deal of Michael Myers and we got Jamie Lee Curtis back as Laurie Strode. This was the swan song. This and Carpenter was back and involved with this. And then all of a sudden it just... And there's no payoff with Corey. And that's yeah. you waste all this time with Corey. What would you go 30, 40 minutes before Michael Myers is even seen in this in this movie? And then you have this whole thing with Corey, and then it shits the bed. It goes nowhere. Corey to me is is the way they're gonna do another movie. I think that's what they're angling for. Then I then I think why just not why not have Corey be gone at the end of Halloween ends? Because because he's gonna be the boogeyman. Yeah, well I I get the idea that the shape is different than Michael Myers. I just think the delivery of it was shitty. Absolutely. I just think it was not good. Honestly, you could have had um, the granddaughter's boyfriend, who dies in part two, not die in part two, and come back and be the shape's protege in part three. You know At mean? least it's somebody that, they, that you've had on their radar. They've laid some groundwork for. Have, have you guys watched... Did you watch any of the... Because that's the weird thing is like, and two two made such a huge point to be an extended cut, so it's weird because I get three and I'm like, why is there not an extended cut? And then I'm I get the four K because it's it's way cheaper to buy the three pack than. So there's there's not an extended, but there's all these deleted scenes. So there's one that kind of makes sense, where the the scene where he takes a shower right after killing. He's looking in the mirror and he's having a flashback of stuff, and it kind of makes things make more sense. Then why not include that? Because well, I, I like that you mentioned that there's there's a deleted scene that kind of makes sense. But the thing there's there's a ton of the thing is there's a ton of deleted stuff, and there's a ton of stuff in this book. There's but none whole, of that matters with what's presented on the screen. There's a whole thing about Jamie Lee Curtis being um, a huge fucking alcoholic and trying to overcome the stuff. And and we covered that in the first two films. To me, the whole thing with grief is the only thing that she has left is her granddaughter, and I like her granddaughter is going to be gone, so she can either like let this shit go 
and move on and be with her granddaughter because the shit didn't work. Her daughter died or her son-in-law died. Everything everything changed and nothing worked what she did the last time. So here's what I'm saying. I want to clear the air. I don't hate this movie. I do. Oh, I'm not... I'm not saying you do or you don't. No, no, no. And, and that's the thing. <clears throat> I know Vinny hates it. I hate it. I talked to Brian two weeks ago. Brian hates it. <laughs> like, I don't hate this movie. This, I just think... This movie to them was their big John Carpenter movie. This is, this is their big payoff. What I was going to say is that it just misses so many marks. Yes. And it's so... We talked about how... Kills was tonally different from the first one, and then this is just on a different map. I can get, just as we were talking about, about things that we did like, about some of the dialogue that Vinny was hating on, I can get where they were trying to go. They just didn't make it work. No, they never get there with anything that they've laid out. They, They had some good ideas. Sure. They just didn't well, put the puzzle together. And even in the theater, I thought, man, this is bold. We are 40 minutes in. I yeah. get to see Michael. We got yeah. this this Corey kid. I like it. They're taking a chance. Let's see where they go. But the problem is, I don't feel that they went anywhere enough to take that bold of a, of a swing. The movie's not horrible. Like, if, as a standalone, okay, fine. Like, it's whatever. But... It's like that recent Super Bowl where Russell Wilson should have handed off to Beast Mode, but instead threw a pass that got intercepted. So, (laughs) I think where this rearranges things is how quickly we come out of the gate in the second one to race into this corner that they almost couldn't get out of. And I feel like, in fairness to the third one, we couldn't have two more hours of kills again. It was going to be taxing as well so they kind of put themselves in a nearly impossible situation with that said I'm just going to throw this out here as just my own uh, fan theory on what I think would have been better is take the the majority of two and three and flip flop them Mm -hmm. Um, have Corey's tale be the heart of the second one that squanders out for Michael's big insane you're 100% correct I never thought of it but you're 100, 100% correct. I think Imagine if Michael would have went out in the end of that the way he went out and killed. Right. I, and a lot of the stuff in ends I don't have a problem with if it's not in part three. I feel like that just would have been the majority of those I think movies flip flop. I think it would have been a home run with most fans. Watch part one. <laughs> then put in part three. Okay? Yep. And, and we don't have Michael coming out of the fire. Right? So then, stop part three before she kills Michael in the house. Go back, watch part two. Fan edit. (laughs) Then, finish the end of part three. I dig it. I think we've got it. I think we've got it. I think that what makes me so mad about it is that, like I say, you build Corey up. It goes nowhere. He goes out whack as fuck. Michael Which people come, are okay with if there's a part three coming. And Michael comes out and is like, mm, I thought you was going to be it, but you ain't shit. And snaps his fucking neck. So what was the fucking point of all the other shit that went into it? And then Michael goes out like a bitch. And then we have the, the fucking sheriff-sanctioned march that drives the body down and throw it in a fucking shredder. And 
I, that part I liked because it was a definitive. It is a definitive. Yeah, I was this, okay with the ending. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was because there. if you're gonna kill a guy, let's kill him and not have room for more. And I may have even liked it better if after that they would have went back to that spot in the floor where Corey was laying and his body's gone and the Halloween theme starts. Yeah. See, that's what I was talking a, about. Yeah, a lingering yeah. purpose there. Now the shape is transferred, but I think something that we, we haven't addressed yet is the beginning of the, the the opening credits are the blue font. Yes. The same as Halloween 3, mm-hmm. which... And the orange fonts in... Uh, Halloween and kills yeah. are the same as one and two, which they tried to you know have their own Halloween three, I think. But the thing is, like now we like Halloween three because weren't we weren't in it when we saw Halloween seventy eight, Halloween two, and then Halloween three wasn't Michael Myers. We got that where Halloween uh, ends wasn't Michael Myers, and now we're like, what the fuck? Because it was all a build for. Not Michael, which is what we want. Well, how do you make the same mistake twice? They right. knew how three was reacted to because it wasn't Michael. So why would you do that again a, a second time? Yeah. Uh, did anybody else uh, in ends continually keep thinking there was going to be more with the radio tower, like part the original part three in the TV mm. broadcast? I kept wondering uh, if something was going to happen. Well, and the, with the beaming of that, the or, director's or, commentary, I think on kills. Uh, David Gordon Green's like, yeah, that'll be in the thing and 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 ends. So you see it, you don't see it in 2018. You see it a bunch in and kills, and then later, and you see it in ends. But it's really not because the fan theory was it's transmitting the signal. That's what I was expecting. The mask is a silver shamrock mask that is making Michael act that way. But we didn't get that. Yeah, because I thought it was going to maybe flip when the the two. The youngsters are sitting up there on the roof, yeah, having their moment. I thought something, something's gonna flip here. Yeah, which I like a radio movie. That's like a genre of movies. Mm-hmm. That's not a genre, but I like a radio based movie. Yeah. Like with Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, like <clears throat> I like the 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 junkyard. If there's positives to this, I like the junkyard kills with Corey. I like the way he oh, kills the all the... Oh, in the mouth? Yeah. Ooh, daddy. In I like that. Um, I'm trying to think if there... what Because I know we have a lot of negativity, but is there, are there any positives? I think the score is killer. I, I, I think Carpenter's having... More I didn't notice it, but maybe that was it's, good. It's you know? got that 80s flair to it mm-hmm. in a way that the first two in this trilogy didn't. I think it's... Um, it's. I think he's had more fun with that score than he's had probably in thirty years. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it, it's a good looking movie again. Um, yeah. I mean, I already I already made my piece kind of with with what I wished would have happened with the kind of flip flopping of the approach. Um, with that said, um, I think three squandered some opportunities, but I don't think it's a horribly made movie. Yeah. I think it's just choices aren't ideal. I think as a film. It's made adequately. Yeah. I just don't think for a third installment of a reboot of Halloween, it was the right thing to do. Yeah. I think... Well, especially when you're saying this is the end. Yeah. If you didn't say this was the end, 
perhaps. I mean, it's not the end. We all know that, Todd. It's but... just called Halloween Ends. It's not. Yeah, you, you two know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're gonna. There's gonna be more Halloween Michael Myers movies, but for it's like you guys said, for the end of the trilogy, it's not what I wanted. It's a good standalone concept of the transference of evil and how it affects a town, but. To, to have Corey just be the new guy, I'm like, that's not who I invested all my time in fandom in. No. No, yeah. definitely not five-foot Corey. And, I mean, there's the other parallels of David Gordon Reed said it's going to be a lot like Christine, and it definitely is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There is lots of that to it, for sure. Especially that junkyard. Yeah, except Christine did it well. <laughs> and the best character, we got to talk about Custard Lady. <laughs> yeah, Todd, you got to talk about the custard lady. The mother. My God, I, 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 there are very few characters that I've just hated from the jump. <laughs> <laughs> You're treating this 20-something-year-old kid like he's a child, like trying to kiss him on the mouth, which I would, yeah, just, that I would kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> that guy's cute. But, uh, <laughs> but just like, you know, boys who hide things from the mothers don't get custard. Like, <laughs> he's a grown man. He can just... Do what he wants. At, he could go get his own custard, mom. He, he could have bought the band kids liquor. He yeah. Could've. So, all right. Well, uh, we're the, wrapping it up. When Michael gets killed Ooh. on the island, when he gets crucified, I like that as well. Yeah. Look at when the DJ gets the, the tongue taken off. <laughs> the record spinning around. Boy, so, oh boy. So, as a whole, you say it's a decent movie. It's fine. I mean, there's other Halloween sequels I like less. Well, there's always Resurrection. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's always there. It's fine. It's fine. Like I, I don't, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's. It is How often are you going to throw it in? If I'm rewatching this trilogy, like if I watch 18, I'm going to watch Kills and Ends. Like, why would I not, Professor? What, both questions. Yes. Um, yeah, as a as a standalone film, I think it's fine. As a part three in a trilogy that had the most incredible momentum building, it's a big old mistake. Yeah, um, I yeah I, I would watch this not necessarily every year, but I would get it in the mix because I like part one and two enough that I'd keep it going. Um, the good news is, is for people who truly, truly, deeply hate the third one. You can watch one and two and be done. And just that's, where, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And even then, I'm probably, after this viewing, going to throw... H2O. <laughs> I'm probably going to throw kills in less often than I would have a couple years ago. Well, that's the thing. You can just watch the first one. Sure. Yeah. And he's dead. And it's fine. Yeah. Brent? Uh, I own the 2018 and kills on 4K, and I don't own this on 4K. And that says a lot for a guy who's your favorite franchise. Yeah, yeah. Yet. Um, yeah, I mean, when you're saying the deleted scenes, Todd, I'll, you're you're sucking me in, and I'll probably get it and be like, I shouldn't have bought this. But that's his trick. Yeah, that's that's how you <laughs> the, get paid the by only big four K. That I didn't like was the mother the mother's death. I could have done without. Oh, really? It sucks. So, Todd, did, would you say that you I, really like this movie? I'm gonna I'm gonna say because I didn't really get to talk about this, but I love this movie. And there's a lot to say about it, so I want to hear. No, I do want to hear you oh, yeah. say a few things about it because I, I hated on it pretty good, and I want to hear your counter counterpoint, just emotionally, and uh, if you could briefly what 
why it is that you like it so And much. this must be based on the theatrical cut, not fan theories or cuts. I mean, I, I, before going any deeper. So number one, I mean, just going into it before seeing the movie. Again, like, I mean, if you... I mean, if you read the original book, like it's nope, nope. We're talking about the movie that was made. But if you if you love Halloween and you know what Halloween is, and it's John Carpenter, and they say how much they love John Carpenter, this is the John Carpenter movie. You read that book? I have not read this book. This is where I'm at with it. This is Halloween ends. But if you read Halloween 1978, that was written in 1978, that even Rob Zombie, like even his middle name. Came from 1978. Like, the, all the stuff... Yeah, those zombie ones were bangers. All, I'm just saying, all the stuff people hate about Halloween, most of it came from the 1978 book. Like, all the, the, the drug stuff. Uh, middle name. All that. All of that is in the 1978 book. That's just not what I was sold via movies. Which I can Correct. I buy into the lore. I and, like it. But and, and with every movie, I mean, look at this book compared to what you saw in the film. There's there's chapters and chapters of Jamie Lee Curtis, like struggling to to overcome all this crap. But here's the thing: this is it, it probably has the worst title ever because the first thing look up IMDb. The first thing you're going to see is Jason Bloom saying, "This isn't the last Halloween movie." There's a clause that Halloween, it's never going to go anywhere. This is the last one they're obligated to make. I guarantee you they're already making the John Carpenter Halloween 4, probably right now. Which Halloween 4, before Return of Michael Myers, was made. That's where they started the whole lawsuit. And that's where Mustafa Akkad and John Carpenter split parts. And that is where the ghost of Michael Myers becomes the bogeyman and haunts Haddonfield. But all that aside, I love the movie. I I agree with a lot of the stuff you said. I mean, it is weird that you see this movie for the third movie. The biggest pr- problem that I have is what most people have is they want to see the big battle between JLC and Michael Myers. But they the problem is they also listen to every complaint that people are given. So they're like, Michael Myers is 70 years old and... Well, if he's 70 years old and he got all the shit done to him, he's going to be down there, like, dying. He's dying. And that's why he's, like, it's like a transference of, of evil. And I think his evil presence is, like, all over the place. And I don't think Corey is necessarily was going to be the next Michael Myers because I think he's trying to fight it. Because you got to remember Michael Myers, before he became the shape, he still was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Just at some point, he just stopped because Corey still is talking and still has emotions and stuff. So he hasn't become the shape yet. So there's two ways. I mean, yeah, everybody's like, yeah, Michael Myers broke his neck. Cool. Well, and just in this last movie, I also see Michael Myers had everything else done to him, too. I'm sure he broke his neck at some point in the film as well. Uh, also, thrown in the thing, I mean, you could you could do the movie, whatever. But um, I just, I don't know. I thought, uh, again, it was scary. Um, the Corey character was strange. And yes, there was things unexplained, but... The only thing to me that they could have done better was if you were going to do a damn trilogy is just sit down and you could have done, write a trilogy before you make it. 100%. Yeah. Um, so that way they gel better together because if you're only going to do three movies, because it is a horror movie and we all argue and we all probably agree. I mean, I'll watch a Halloween movie like these a little bit longer, but um, I mean, man, like 
Avatar and stuff's pushing it when when these movies go three hours. Yeah. So so you're not going to get um and and you deleted to the new Avatar movie. I have not seen it. Deleted I've scenes never are cool. The, first one. the best deleted scene is the girl getting her head smashed in. Um, the other death scene that's really cool is the blowtorch because it's so damn real that they are coaching him to do it because he does not. It's not even a real person. That's how real it is because he's like, man, it looks like I'm really killing this kid. Hmm. Um, and that's the thing, too. A uh, big complaint is Corey, Corey killing people. They're like, it's sloppy. That's because he's not Michael Myers. He's not the shape. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's back and forth. I think um, for me, though, I think Halloween Ends is right in the... If I had to list all the Halloween movies, it's probably right dab in the middle. So it's it's high above a lot of the movies in the franchise, um, probably even over kills. But twenty eighteen of the trilogy is 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 the best of the three for me. But. That we can agree on. Uh, is Moldy Mike a better look than Halloween Kills? Because <laughs> I like Halloween Kills look the best. But, but there's yeah. there's weird things on this one that that again it's it's like they expect you to kind of pick up, but you don't or you do. But even the homeless dude is like like every, this is this should have been like Halloween Touch of Evil because even the homeless dude and if you listen to him he's like I'm Michael Myers. I think he's kind of telling the truth. I think he, everybody is affected because the homeless guy is who drags Corey into the suit. He's like Wi-Fi a little bit. Like yeah. you, you get in his range, <laughs> and he—I mean, I—I I get that. I just don't enjoy it. You know, it's—it's it's a strange take, and at the same time, I kind of feel like if it's just another resurrection or curse of michael myers everybody's going to complain just the same and i like those movies too but i still would prefer ends over those movies any day so well i think at the end of the day you like what you like you like what you like do you feel hurt oh i don't feel hurt at all and i'm sure when the (laughs) next movie comes out within the next couple years we'll be talking about it too and i have a feeling they're going to be doing a tv show too I think the TV show is going to be more like Halloween 3, like the original Halloween 3. The Idol would like that. I think if they made Halloween Ends a TV show, it would have played better more time. I think Halloween it. Ends probably needs a TV show because there's, there's just way too much to go into if they're going to go this route. Too many concepts. Because honestly, let's be real, and, and people can say what they want, but you, I really hate saying this out loud because I don't, I don't mean it in a bad way, but this is the KISS formula, which is keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> and people are going to get all mad and upset, but when it comes to Jason and Michael Myers, if you you can't go too fancy, you got Freddy diddling kids. They don't like it, and that was the last Nightmare on Elm Street. You got <laughs> Michael Myers trying to transfer evil because he's too old after you bitched about him being too old. Which, by the way, I dare you to go up to some of these seventy year olds, like twenty year old kids that cry about everything, going up against a seventy year old. You're going to get your ass beat. Well, hell, for the movie show, just 20-year-old can go up against a 16-year-old. <laughs> Not when he is already accused of all these crimes. Glasses broke. Not a nerd no more. All right. Well. Wrapping things up for, what are we calling this trilogy, Todd? Halloween. <laughs> H4O. The Shape Returns trilogy. Rolls off the tongue. All right. Uh, we are the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Adner, and I've been joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vinny. 
Hot toddy. And a very special guest. Brent, I got peanut butter on my penis to him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stay scary, nerds. You'll die tonight. Thank <laughs> you.